Welcome back to Off the Chart. We're here and ready to unpack episode eight of Gen Q season two. This season, we're once again watching the L Word Generation Q with you, bringing you our unfiltered take on the new series reboot every Tuesday because we still can't get enough of those LA lesbians. I'm Erica Lenti, senior editor at Extra, and I still have a meltdown every time I hear you are my sunshine. And I'm sheltering in, managing producer at Extra, and I think I need to watch Love in Basketball. <laughs> Me too. Like, should we set up an extra viewing party, perhaps? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> There's something I need to tell you. You told me to trust you. You gave me your word. But you just have listened to me. Listen! I try to do something good! Okay, Shell, it was a jam-packed episode. As usual, what was the big theme you took away? Uh, well, I think that Alice said it best at her launch party when she said that she tells the people she loves that she loves them. So the theme to me this episode seems pretty simple. Honesty. Uh, with Ben and Pippa, Danny and Gigi, Alice and Tom, Shane and Tess, Micah, Maribel, and even with Sophie and Finley. Um, you know, no matter how hard it can be, just be honest and truthful with the people you love and care about the most. Now, are we surprised it took eight episodes to get here? <laughs> <laughs> That's the L word for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's start this recap off with Sophie and Finley. Uh, last episode, Finley was pulled over by the cops. And so this episode, Finley's getting bailed out of jail. She's gotten a DUI, or a Dewey, as she called it. Um, Sophie doesn't think this is so cute anymore, and she says as much. Um, after Alice's launch party, she comes home and she's like, Finley, today felt like babysitting you, which is not fun. A little yikes um, for these two. Not all sex and romance. So it feels like we're getting to some core issues here, Shell. What did you make of all of this? Oh, God, it's just it's it's becoming it's 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 very heartbreaking for me because Finley was my favorite last season and she's been extremely difficult to watch in season yeah. two. You know, the writers uh, seem to be really leaning in to to like Finley's dopiness, um, which for some reason in season one, we found endearing and charming. And I think that it was because it was tempered with these emotional moments and these breakdowns and where you see her struggling. Um, but here in season two, it's just like, she's just all in on her drinking and we still don't really understand why. So it's hard to be empathetic for her. Are you mad at me? No, I just don't want to be near you right now. Don't go, come on. How do you feel about watching these two? Yeah, the the one thing I sort of noticed in this episode is that we're really seeing Finley not through Finley's lens, whereas I think with a lot of the other characters, we kind of get a bit of an inside view of what they're feeling and thinking. And we don't get that with Finley at all, which makes her a lot harder to empathize with just because we only see the destructive behavior. We don't see what's causing the destructive behavior. I, I think we've been seeing this since season one. We've been wondering why she's acting this way. There seemed to be some implication that it's about her family or her religious upbringing, but we still have no resolution. Um, and two seasons feels like a really long time to drag out someone's arc around why they're drinking. Um, so so Finley's character is really being left behind, in my opinion. Um, and I think we just need to like understand where she's coming from and stop just like throwing her into bed with people stop you know 
giving her all of these scenes with other people. Let's focus on what's going on with her. Um, that's what makes her a lovable character. Shell, do you think we're going to get to the root of that soon? Do you think they're going to leave us on another cliffhanger? What do you think is going to happen here? I mean, we're already at episode eight. Um, so they don't have a lot of time to address it. I mean, I like that Sophie has finally, you know, that they're finally talking about it from some other character. Like, at no point has anyone else ever called out Finley's drinking um, until now. So I guess that's progress. Um, but I don't really know how they're going to wrap that up in two more episodes. Yeah, me either. All right, let's move on to Bet and Pippa. So Bet is dismayed when she finds out that Danny has thrown money behind this art show um, at the California Art Center where Pippa and some other black artists are being shown. Um, she's not happy. Angry Art Bet is back. Um, so she threatens, she actually threatens to pull Pippa and the artists from the show in an effort to get the uh, Nunez money away from the CAC. But they call her bluff and they're like, sure. They don't have to be in the show anymore. Um, Pippa is rightfully pissed off. And then Bet does something she never does. She apologizes. So nice to see. Um, and then she gets Pippa hopefully back in the show. We're not too sure just yet. Um, but Pippa's definitely endeared to that. Um, so yes, the best scene of the episode, Bet screaming into the ether. All we needed was James back to, you know, hand her a call, walk away awkwardly. Shell, were you loving it as much as I was? Of course. Um, I love that, you know, that Bet still found a way to talk about provocations. Um, I think it's really <laughs> funny. Um, I think in season one of the podcast, um, when we were kind of trying to guess what might happen in season two, we were like, maybe Bet will put on provocations too. Um, I guess this show is kind of like that a little bit. I think it's really funny that they're bringing the CAC back. Um, all these like little throwbacks are nice little um, pieces of fan service for, for OG watchers. That doesn't alienate new watchers either. Like they're not left in the dust if they don't get it. But this isn't the end, at least I think, of this art battle, right? Like I have a feeling you brought up provocations. I feel like we're going to be full-blown protests, provocations, part two. Uh, that's just my feeling. What do you think, Shell? Well, there was the scene um, near the end of the episode after Bet and Pippa make up and they're post-coital in bed. And uh, I think Pippa says something like, you know, is there a way to burn burn it down and still leave something standing? And Bet is like, maybe we can do it together. So um, what that looks like, perhaps it's, um, you know, perhaps it's a protest. Maybe they collaborate on a piece together who knows but that'll be interesting to see how that plays out yeah either bet will be screaming at art or crying at art it'll be one <laughs> or the other um <laughs> do we want to talk briefly about the humility that bet is finally showing after like five episodes of being a bit of a brat to other people um mm -hmm. i thought it was refreshing to finally see her apologize for once you don't get that from Bette Porter very often, which means she must truly love Pippa's work and believe about believe in her and believe in all the stuff she stands for. I don't know if you felt the same way, but I was really like, oh, finally, a little less Scorpio bet, a little more like, I don't know, what's an astrology sign that's a little more empathetic? <laughs> I'm clearly not an astrology gay, but she was definitely a lot nicer. <laughs> 
She was for sure. I picked up on that as well. I think, um, I don't know, like when things really matter to bet, um, that's when she really comes through, right? Like when she, um, if we go back a little bit to like the therapy episode, um, she full on apologizes to to Angie about her behavior, you know, to, after she's had some time to think about her actions, you know, she's she's willing to go back and apologize when it matters. Um, obviously, Angie is her world. So um, she would do that for her daughter. And so to see her do that for Pippa, um, you know, would indicate to me as a viewer that like, well, Pippa then, you know, must mean um, a lot to bet for her to do something um, out of character. Uh, so I'm actually excited to see uh, what will happen with these two, um, especially as we're approaching the penultimate episode um, with Tina and Carrie about to get married and like, you know, and, and Bet is now perhaps having this new relationship. Like, how is all of this going to play out in the next two episodes? We shall see. I know they're going to foist Tibet down our throats somehow. They just won't stop. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's move on to Alice, who is having a big night in this episode. Her book is finally done. They're at the launch party. But she's feeling a little guilty because she slept with Nat a whole bunch in the last episode and didn't tell Tom. Um, So she finally decides right before Tom goes on stage, of course, to tell him. He's hurt because she never clarified their relationship status with him. Um, And then she goes on to read the most heart-wrenching chapter in her book to the room Dana's chapter god help us all um (laughs) and then after realizing that you know true love doesn't come along all that often um she goes to find Tom uh, at a hotel room and the pair make up and try to give it another go so first off we have to talk about Dana god was that ever depressing um you know I've been to a few book launches in my day and generally they try not to read the most depressing um, section of the book and let people cry alone in their rooms. But uh, <laughs> I thought that it was like a really lovely tribute to uh, to Dana. What did you make of that? Um, I have to agree with you there. It was actually really touching to see um, like Bet and Shane's reactions um, because I would suspect that they haven't they haven't had a chance to read drafts or look at the book at all. So they're hearing this for the first time. Um, and they seem to have a pretty emotional response to it as well. At one point, Bet grabs um, Shane's hand in comfort. Um, so, like, you know, it's just uh, Dana is beloved to all of them and to all of us. Um, I think it was like a really beautiful way um, for them to include this this character that we all loved that, you know, time and time again, we've said should never have been killed off. And so, like, it's nice that her favorite chapter is the one about Dana's and that's the one she read from. But no ghost Dana. We've been trying to manifest that. No flashback. No ayahuasca hallucination. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Maybe season three. Who knows? Fingers crossed. Um, But let's also talk about Alice and her relationships. So it seems like the Nat ship has sailed. Um, which our, our viewers are actually pretty mixed on. On Instagram, most of you were like, let's not see Alice and Nat back together ever again. But on Twitter, it was like actually 50-50. Like some folks really wanted to see the pair together again. So we'll have to see what goes on. But I think that Tom and Alice seem to be the new ship. Shell, how are you feeling 
about that. I mean, I love it. I think Tom uh, Walter Moltsby is adorable. As I've said many times, I am a Tom stan. He's of the right maturity and age. Like he's a well-established um, uh, editor. So he's got a career. Like he's he's very smart and funny and witty as is Alice. Like they, it seems like a, a, a perfect fit. Um, and I wonder if some of the uh, reluctance to seeing them together is because it's a, a male and a female couple, um, to which I say that Alice is a bisexual. Um, and, you know, they, they, they even mention, like, you know, Alice says that she hasn't been with a man since she's been in her 20s, which is like 20 years. So it's actually very interesting to see her navigate this um, um, in her mid-40s, right? Like, I'm loving it. Um, and anyone who isn't down, like, get over yourselves. She's bisexual. <laughs> Yeah, and I liked that they sort of evoked a lot of conversation around Alice's bisexuality. You know, she's talking to Tom and she's like, you know, I haven't, as you said, I haven't dated a, a guy in a really long time. And he's like, the rules should be the same for dating a woman and dating a man. And she's like, oh, I guess you're right about that. Um, and so I think they are definitely opening up a broader conversation on the show about bisexuality, about um, women who have relationships with both men, women, or anyone on the gender spectrum. Um, and I really like it. I find it really refreshing um, and a lot more inclusive. This is not your mother's L word, I should say. Not at Are all. Are we that old? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's talk about Danny and Gigi. So, of course, as mentioned before, Danny decided to buy this wing at the CAC. She thinks it's going to help with the public image of her dad's company, but it backfires. So, Bet is pretty pissed off. Um, and what do you do when Bet is mad at you? You go have steamy sex with her ex. So she goes to Gigi's apartment, uh, but then she gets a call from her dad and their lawyers uh, and she she has to take off and she ends up lashing out at Gigi, which is not fun. Uh, Gigi's not about it at all. So Danny decides to apologize with some expensive takeout noodles and it seems to work. So these two are back on OK footing. Um, Shell, it's interesting to me. We've we've talked so much about parallels between bet and danny in season mm -hmm. one um danny seems to be pulling a bet in this episode and going hot and cold on Gigi. i feel bad for Gigi. like everyone keeps lashing out at her um it's true how did yeah how did you feel about all of it um i think it's uh i wasn't surprised i mean danny did the same thing with sophie um with yes. you know she would be hot and cold with her didn't want to talk about um, how she was really feeling. But what I love about these two is that like Gigi calls her on it, like, um, and not in a, you know, not, not in an angry way, like in a very kind of uh, mature and tempered way. Um, and then they talk about it, um, which is something we never saw Danny do with Sophie. Yes. Um, and so it makes sense that, you know, the 2750 beef noodles uh, <laughs> worked out as an apology um, because that came along with like a conversation about it. You know, they, they have a conversation about their fathers and, um, you know, their father's uh, difficulty accepting, you know, their sexualities. Um, and I thought that was really beautiful that they could um, have that moment together and that shared experience so like i'm 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 liking this ship because it just already off the bat it seems a little more communicative than um you know danny's relationship with sophie like what do you think 
Yeah, um, I mean, I will say you're not alone in loving it. I am loving it. Uh, so are the viewers. According to our polls, like 88% of you all think that they are hot. Um, and I agree. I think that they're doing great. I, I totally agree with you, Shell, on the fact that they are actually talking about things. I think the beauty of, G of Gigi's character has always been she's very open, candid, honest about all of her feelings up front. She doesn't have time for bullshit. She doesn't have time for just like pussyfooting around things. Um, and so that forces everyone around her to be upfront about their feelings, about what they think, if they have issues. Um, and I really think Danny needs someone who gives her that bit of a push um, because Sophie wasn't that person. Um, you know, and and not that's that's not to say that it was Sophie's job to do that, nor is it Gigi's. But I think they complement each other in a, in a good way, and that's part of why I loved Bet with Gigi. But um, you know, Bet was not into it. Bet was not treating Gigi well. So bye, I guess. <laughs> Make room for Danny, I guess. <laughs> okay, Shell, back to your faves, Shane and Tess. Um, so after hearing uh, Alice read about Dana at the book launch, Shane is like, oh my god, I have to find Tess. She goes to Vegas and finds Tess at her hotel room and is like, I want you to be my partner. And then they have a lovely scene together and they wake up next to each other. Very cute. How dead were you, Shell? Be honest. <laughs> Dead, dead. I think um, you had sent me a, um, that wasn't a spoiler, but you were like, you're going to like the ending show <laughs> before I had a was chance I wrong? to watch it. No, you were not wrong at all. It was lovely. It was everything I wanted for these two and more. It's nice to see Shane, um, like, like finally, like, go after Tess after many, many episodes of her pursuing her. Um, like, I know that, we know that Shane is capable of it, so it's, you know, it's not it's not impossible. Um, and when she does truly love somebody like we love to see it, you know, we love to see Shane with Carmen. We loved to see Shane with Kiara um, because these were women she truly, truly loved and cared about. And it's clear to me that she truly loves and cares about Tess. And so, like, I just thought this was really cute. Yeah, I, I completely agree. My only caveat is, like, how is Shane going to screw it up? Because we've never actually seen... <laughs> Shane in like a successful relationship like with with all of her like very serious relationships it's like I don't know Carmen she leaves her at the altar Kiara it ends in divorce there's uh there's still the poker game <laughs> oh my god stop talking about the damn poker game <laughs> I'm telling you it's gonna come to something it's gonna be the cliffhanger oh my god I know it I just know it <laughs> all right we'll see Okay, let's talk about Micah, who was absent in the last episode and is now back, coming in hot to a colleague's office to uh, yell at her about a mishandling of one of his patient's files. But it turns out that Claudia, this coworker, is a no BS kind of woman, and she's like not having any of it. But they find some common ground, and it turns out that that common ground turns into flirting, and then Claudia is coming over for dinner. Um, they, they end up cooking together. Things get a little too hot in the kitchen. Then they kiss and Micah's like, wait, I can't. Claudia's pretty pissed off, rightfully. So like in no time, Micah calls Maribel, tells her she, he loves her. She loves him too. The ship has sailed. 
Um, <laughs> Shell, these two seem to be moving at like some serious lesbian speed. Um, I can't <laughs> believe that they've already exchanged I love yous. <laughs> and Micah wasted no time, no time after Claudia to be like, Maribel, come over. Um, what did you make of the whole scene? Um, yeah, I mean, the apartment still smells like smoke <laughs> by the time Maribel comes over. So, yes, lesbian speed, very accurate. Um, and I, I will say that, like, I think Claudia is an amazing character. And I'm a little saddened that, like, nothing will happen there. Um, but maybe people should stop dating people from work. So that's okay with me. <laughs> um, what do you think of the future for these two, Erica? Uh, for Maribel and Micah, I think it will be a lovely pairing. I really want to see Sophie interact with the two of them. Uh, you know, we know that Micah is Danny's BFF. Maribel is Sophie's sister. There's got to be some awkwardness ensuing there at some point. It should be interesting to see. Like Micah hasn't really interacted very much with Sophie through the course of the season. So I'm I'm curious to see if that plays out in any way. Um, I too am really sad uh, that Claudia won't be around probably. Uh, I, I feel like Maribel and Claudia would make like such a kick-ass duo. They both are so noble shit, like strong women. I, I love it. I could have seen Micah with Claudia. I think it could have worked. But alas, I think this is the end of Claudia for us for now. Okay, time for our favorite part of the podcast, the superlatives round, where we pick our best and sometimes worst, usually me, uh, moments <laughs> of the episode. Shell, what was your pick this week? Well, I don't have a worst because uh, the best endgame sex scene goes to Shane and Tess. Finally, uh, you course. know I am the captain of that ship. So it was so nice to see those two finally hook up. Um, and it was pretty hot. <laughs> Erica, True. what was yours? Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I have another worst. I promise I'll bring more bests later on. Um, <laughs> but worst outfit of the episode goes to Shane's Count Dracula getup. I I don't know what was going on. It was like the like the black blazer over the red like satin shirt with the wide collar. She genuinely looked like they, they dressed her at Spirit Halloween. I have to see Tom. I gotta call Pip again. Well, then let's yeah. go. Come on. You guys wanna do like one, two, three cheers? No. no. Okay, we'll do it next time. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> we said this earlier in the recording, like off camera. I think Sh Shane might actually be a vampire. Like, I think that that's why she's always out at night. She's like, <laughs> she's always in those weird leather getups, but a vampire of the aughts, as our producer Lido um, said. So, but also our top comment of the week goes to Jag from YouTube. Jag said we needed that Alice Nat hookup only so we could have seen Gigi knock on the window, <laughs> but they robbed us. <laughs> they really did rob us, um, and I don't know if we're gonna see any more Alice Nat scenes, but um, if they do, hopefully they do that for you, Jag. <laughs> now those were our picks from episode eight but we want to hear yours we read every single comment and message guys so please be sure to sound off in the comments below okay that's it for this episode tune in next week for episode nine it's the penultimate episode you know some shit's gonna go down i'm erica lenti and i'm sheltering in off the chart generation q is produced by sheltering in our technical producer is Lido House. Our executive producer is Rachel Giza, and our music is by Kid Kool-It. 
Now, if you like what you're hearing and or viewing, please do all the things. Subscribe, like uh, the video on YouTube, leave us a comment. Um, we're also on Twitter at Extra Magazine. Find us wherever we want to hear what you're thinking. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> My dog is... <laughs> Sorry, Belle just came in <laughs> and is licking my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> Belle. Belle, what do you think? What do you think of the episode? This is the straightest dog you'll ever meet.